Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's Haunted Playground, right here on the live Paranormal Radio Network. We're also at iHeartRadio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher. Podbean, Podomatic, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, iVox, and more. I'm your host, Sheena Metal, and I'm at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 28-year talk radio host in Los Angeles and beyond. I'm a creative and performing artist. And I come to you live from my home in Southern California every week. This show... Um, It's about everything that lives beyond the three dimensions. So whether you want to know, is there a God, is there an afterlife, or you think maybe you have a Loch Ness Monster and you're above ground swimming pool, it all belongs here on Haunted Playground. And every week on the show, I gather folks that I believe to be the brightest and loveliest and most beautiful minds and hearts and souls in both the paranormal and the spiritual communities, and we talk about everything that goes bump in the night. Uh, My guest today is making her debut on any of my shows. She's a wonderfully talented spiritual being who is uh, also known as Moon Girl, Mistress of the Paranormal. Please welcome to the show, the wonderful Sarah Garcia is here. How are you, my friend? It's so good to have you here. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So for you, Paranormal. And then we're having you on in 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 a few hours. That's right. I'm doing your show in just a few hours. We're, we're piling it all up on a Sunday today. Um, Killing two birds with one stone. Exactly. We could have done it at the same time and just broadcast it two places. Right. Um, That's a good idea. N- noted. We might have to do that sometime again. We do that. Exactly. Collaboration show. That would be fun. I think a yeah, lot of times okay. I ask guests what got you into the paranormal, and I certainly would like to know that. But what I'm more interested in these days is what keeps you in the paranormal? What is it about the community that you're still so excited to be here? Oh, wow. I just really, to me, honestly, I just love the unknown. I love connecting with spirit. That's what keeps me, and I'll probably continue doing this for the rest of my my life and, you know, afterlife, I'm sure. (laughs) You're going to come back and haunt us all. Yes, I'm going to come back and haunt other paranormal investigators. Yes. <laughs> how did it? How did the paranormal first get on your radar? I mean, what was it that really sort of hooked you on it that you can well, make a statement that you've been doing it forever? Well, um, I was born psychic medium. I'm a psychic medium and paranormal investigator, and I have a few other things we'll talk about in a bit. Um, so, ever since I was a child, I've seen, heard, felt things. Um, and, you know, growing up, I'm Hispanic, so where I'm from, I'm in South Texas, howdy, right at the border. Uh, the majority of us are Latinos, and the majority of the households are um, Catholic. 
So grew up in a Catholic home, not really practicing Catholics, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, right. And it was, was kind of, you know, taboo, but at the same time, they were a little bit open because, you know, it's in our culture to believe in spirits and witches and, you know, brujas and all this other stuff. But my family did not want to believe me. I suffered horrible sleep paralysis when I was a child. I was so scared all the time, and they would tell me, no, it's just a dream. Go back to your room. I knew it wasn't a dream, but, I mean, of course, you listen to what your parents are telling you when you're a little kid, right? Um, and right. I suffered so much uh, in silence. You know, it was it was very hard for me, very, very hard for me not to have someone to talk about or a beacon or, you know, again, if you talk about those things, they'll take you to church or make you talk to a priest. Right. Or they'll, you know, they'll want to lock you up. My grandma would tell me in Spanish, like, you need to stop saying that because they're going to put you in a mental institution. And I'm like, well, this is what I'm seeing. And um, so, you know, time passes. Things get crazier and crazier. And, um, you know, I came to the realization of myself. I'm like, this is not a dream. What I'm seeing is real. I know there's nothing wrong with me. Until one day, this was like, mind you, I'm already like in middle school. Um, and I had been complaining that I kept seeing, like, this huge demonic shadow in my room, um, and it would harass me. It would literally harass me and, and torture me. You know, there's a difference between spirits and something that's darker. And there were spirits there, and then this was also something much darker. Um, and, and like I was saying, I was in school. My mother and my grandmother were on their way to my room to attempt to put clean laundry, and it's the daytime, and I'm not there, nothing, this huge scary thing, shadow, demonic being, lunged at them. They were terrified. They dropped the clothes. They never questioned me again. And here we are. <laughs> now they believe me. So, yeah. Right. That's kind of how it uh, yeah, started with that, at least. Well, I guess the good news is they started to believe you. And that's important, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I had already been doing my own little things by myself because, you know, like I said, I was born this way, so I've seen things. So, of course, I have friends I would talk to about it. And when I turned, when I was, I was 11, so being 11, you know, like a, a normal child playing with toys or whatever. But when I turned 12, it was like a, like a light switch. Uh, I didn't want to play with toys. I was, I, I really believe in reincarnation and I have all these memories of things. So divination work like basically fell on my lap and I picked it up very fast and I would do the best I could back in the day. I mean, the internet was not much. Uh, of course, you can't really get your parents to get you tarot cards. So me and a good friend of mine, Michelle, who's still a sister to me, uh, we would make our own little tarot cards out of paper and we would make our own little Ouija boards out of little wood pallets. We would do our own little, as much as we could, paranormal investigations going at little cemeteries or places where we thought were, you know, spooky. So, you know, I had been doing that for a hot minute until, you know, I guess older, we do more mature, you know, investigations and whatnot. And that's basically how it all got started. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting how so many of us, it starts with having experiences, right? I grew up in a really crazy haunted house from the time I was nine yeah. until the time I was 13. And um, I, love the, I love the term sleep paralysis, right? It always makes me laugh because that's what the, the, the therapist or the psychologist would say, right? Oh, it's sleep paralysis. 
Yeah, but it's actually a visitation. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're, it's not just something your brain is doing. It's something being yes. done to you as part of a visitation. You are being put yes. into a sleep paralysis by someone that shouldn't be there, something that shouldn't be there that is visiting you. Um, it's definitely not something you do to yourself. And I feel bad when folks have it happen and they go to doctors and there's nothing wrong with doctors and there's nothing wrong with therapists and I think everybody should have a therapist, a minister, and a psychic. But it's when they tell you, oh, it's something that your brain does. Uh, okay, something that your brain does when a giant shadow figure is laying down on top of you. Um, yeah. Such a strange thing how we try to dismiss it. And it oftentimes comes, right, with some kind of visitation, whether it's hat man, hag, um, you know, something negative, demonic. It, it, there's something there. Normal spirits, like spirit of grandma that comes and smells like cookies, she's not paralyzing you. It's it's not a good thing. Yeah, it's a huge it's a huge difference. I was again, you know, I was really I was really young. I was really scared, and I would ask for help. And you know, I'm dreaming. They're just dismissing, you know, what I was saying. So what does a little kid do? You know, I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew it was more than a dream. So many nights I just kind of, I wouldn't want to sleep. I was scared. So I would stay up crying. Yeah. You know, I, it was it was a very hard time for me as a little kid being, you know, trapped in, in that really haunted house. And, you know, I thought, wow, what a coincidence. Everywhere I go, there's a ghost. But then I realized, too, I was like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> like, this just can't be, it can't be so coincidental that everywhere I live, there's, you know, spirits there. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, 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 right. But you don't think that's what's going on. I mean, that's not, I don't think anybody no. thinks that. Unless maybe now kids are raised in psychic homes where parents start talking about yeah. it from the time they're little. My mom was a psychic well, medium too, but she didn't talk about it. So, Well, I, I have two sons. I have a 17-year-old and I have a 14-year-old. And this is a psychic home. We talk about it all, <laughs> all the time. And I'm very open with the boys, and I, London and Sebastian, and I tell them, look, if you see something, feel something, let me know. And they have gifts. They tell me. Sometimes, like, there's a, um, I don't know how to say this in, in English, a callejón, like a, a way to get into the, ha um, like a street, like an alley, an alley. That's how you say it. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, okay. And I always feel and see a presence of a man running. And my older son would tell me, he's like, I, I feel like there's a man there, Mom. I'm like, yeah, there is. <laughs> like, I've seen him too. So, you know, we, we have this open communication because that's what I want to give them because I didn't have a beacon. I didn't have, you know, the parental support, you know. My mom did the best she could. But, I mean, you know, whatever. You know, this is, you know, you're, you're a different parent now because you, you learn and what you want to teach your kids and whatever. So I'm very, like, open with them. So we talk about all this stuff, and they tell me when they have experience. They have experienced spirits before, um, and my older one was very scared. But we, we, needless to say, they both slept in my bed, and I slept in the floor that night. But, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I want to be open with them. I want to have communication with them and tell them, hey, it's okay. You know, you're not crazy. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. This is just what it is, basically. Yeah. yeah. And for, for my mom and me, living in that house was sort of a coming out experience for both of us with our gifts. I mean, she knew she had mm -hmm. gifts. I don't know if she knew what to call them. 
but she had a hat thing yeah. started following her when she was five years old. So she had had things happen, and we she used to just kind of laugh it off like, oh, my crazy intuition. It was really in that house when I came to her and said, um, I think I need to go see a psychologist because I think something's very wrong with me. Um, and that she said, oh, honey, sit down and let's talk about this house. And I guess she thought it wasn't happening to me, so she didn't want to bring it up and scare me. Yeah. And I thought it was only happening to me. It was happening to her even worse. I mean, I think she got the worst of it. It's interesting. You know, one of my best friends is Andrea Perrin, who grew up in the Conjuring house. And we always talk about when we do shows together. Love her, so by the way. Oh, she's such an angel. Yeah. We always talk they about didn't, how. didn't show a while back, too. I'm sorry? I said, I love her. I did her show a while back, too. She's great. Oh, yeah. She's the best. And we always talk about how um, it's interesting how in these situations where there's a very negative presence or presences in a house, how it's usually the mother that gets the worst of it. Um, yeah, that's true. I don't know why that is, but certainly with her mother, certainly with my mother, um, Certainly, I think with uh, Kathy Lutz in the Amityville house, um, the lady whose name I can't remember from the entity case in Culver City, California, it, it seems that the that lady from the San Pedro case in California, like all these really crazy cases, it seems like it targets the mother. And I have this theory that moms uh-huh. are kind of a part of a house. You know, the mom provides the warmth and the nurturing and yeah. the, the care for the most part in most houses, not all. Um, and I think that's what the negativity targets, right? It finds the, the purest source of light and goes after that, figuring, well, you know what yeah. I mean? If I can, if I can the mother up, everybody will be screwed up. Yeah, I see that. I see that. And um, certainly my mother was never the same for living in that house. But the good thing was it made her really come out about her gifts. And um, so it was easy for me. I mean, I always grew up in a house where you could talk about anything. My mom's whole thing was, you can ask me about anything, just don't ever have something you can't feel you can't talk to me about. And I would go to her with all these weird questions kids have, right? She was always, like, totally unfazed by all, okay, okay, completely unfazed by every one of them. Like, she'd just give me the answer. Sometimes she'd say, I don't know. Let's go to the library and try to figure it out. Oh, what a great mom. What a great mom. Truly, she was the best. Um, And now she guides me from spirit in the same amazing way. I mean, she's she's, uh, too unselfish to to reincarnate. She's just sticking to me like glue. Um, (laughs) But sometimes it's hard when people grow up in homes like that, and there is no one to talk to, or there are parents that are sometimes, you know, scathingly religious. And you yeah. grow up thinking there's something wrong with you. Now, that's the, now you know, there's TV shows and there's stuff where people can watch and go, oh, that's what I have. But there was not yeah. really that when I was young. No, and there certainly wasn't. My mom up in the 30s. You know what I mean? There was, certainly yeah. was not that. In no, the I mean, they, would, they would, would lock you up and throw away the key. They really would. So it was really yeah. hard for a lot of people who had gifts. Because I bet they felt like, you know, they one, they probably thought they were going crazy. Two, they th- were scared to, you know, articulate what they're seeing and feeling because of fear that they were going to be condemned to a mental institution and live a horrible well, life you know, there. Yeah, and, you know, I have a friend that grew up in the South, 
and she's about my age, and she told her parents that she saw spirits, and they committed her. Mm-hmm. Not be malevolent, but because they honestly thought, oh, my God, she's schizophrenic. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that I would commit somebody if I suspected they were schizophrenic. I think there's a lot of other steps we could go through before middle, but they literally yeah. panicked because they thought she was about to implode, and they committed her to a 72-hour hold. And then, of course, what happens, Sarah, when you're in a mental institution, you see, like, a ton more shit because those places are haunted as hell. Yeah, it is. I always kind of laugh when people say, oh, I'm going to go do an investigation at a a cemetery, which I did when I was a kid, you know. And I love cemeteries still, but honestly, you hardly will ever find spirits at a cemetery. Once in a while, you will hardly ever. They're not there. Haunted places are like, you know, uh, mental institutions, hospitals, stuff like that that leaves like imprints of people's energy, the deaths. Um, but like I said, you know, once in a while you'll find something, but rarely. And when you do find stuff at the cemetery, the majority of the time, at least where I'm from, the ones I've gone, is because people have gone there to do witchcraft and they conjured stuff up. I've literally gone oh. to do uh, an investigation and taken pictures there. And there was like, you know, sister witches there doing witchcraft, and we're just kind of look at each other like, oh, like, you know, how gangsters, they're burying the same a body in the same place, like, hey, what's up, kind of, oh, hey, hi. <laughs> I was like, I don't say anything, you won't say nothing, we're good. <laughs> we're haunted during the day, because I think spirits are more interested in hovering around their loved ones that come to visit than they are being yeah. there at night when no one's there. Yeah, well... You'll find some of us there at night. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I, you know, that never occurred to me. That I just, I guess I have a fear of, like, being arrested. I guess I figured you'd just be arrested if you did that. Well, look, <laughs> I'm not telling anybody to break the law or anything, but some, some you know, uh, places are open 24 hours. Other places do have a gate. So I guess it all depends on what cemetery you go to um, and where, what state or wherever you are at. But, you know, I found some that are open all the time, and we've gone there and then, you know, taken people to do little tours or whatever or, you know, just to be kids and just, you know, fool around in the cemetery and be like, oh, my gosh, we're scaring each other, you know, stupid oh, yeah. things like that. Oh, God, yeah. That was always fun, right? Although I have to tell you, yeah. as I've gotten old and really embraced my inner claustrophobic um, person, I, I, I'm terrified I'm going to be locked into one. And it started because about 10 years ago, I went to um, uh, Columbus, Mississippi to film a paranormal uh-huh. documentary. And there was a super haunted cemetery there that everybody went to. And we're going into the cemetery at night. The person I'm with who grew up there is like, oh, my, you know, when I was a kid, you know, they locked this place up at like six o'clock and my brother got locked in and he couldn't get out till the morning. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I have like a weird fear of being locked in. Like I would be the worst on a paranormal. I should probably shouldn't say this, but I would not be great on a paranormal show where you're locked in overnight. That's the good thing is they always bring the psychic in and then the psychic leaves before the lockdown happens. We actually do a thing called where does moon girl sleep next? Not with who, okay? I said where. <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah. Don't get that twisted, okay? <laughs> no. So I I like to spend the night at haunted locations by myself. Yes, completely alone. Like there will be a cameraman who'll set up the camera. I've done this before, and then they'll go somewhere else or whatever. Um, and um, 
yeah, to me, I love the experiences. I'm not scared. I'm going to jump right into it. I've, I've stayed at a, a, a haunted catacomb alone. Um, I stayed at a, a jail alone. I stayed at a, a couple of other places alone. There were some places where they said no because it was too dangerous. Uh, there was one right. cemetery where we really wanted to stay at. It's a really old one where I'm from. It has, like, a lot, a lot of history. But the only problem with that is that there was a lot of homeless people there with, you know, drug problems. Sure. And they were scared for my safety, which I understand because I, yeah. I, in the daytime, they were walking around, and you saw them kind of, you know, on stuff. So I was like, yeah, that might not, for safety reasons. I'm not scared of ghosts. I'm not scared of other things. But, yeah, you know, humans are the ones I'm scared of. But <laughs> I'm scared of humans. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah I think very, very scared of humans. I think it's humans. You're stepping on a hypodermic needle is more probably common than seeing a demon in a haunted location. Yeah, no, I'm not uh, good to yeah. stay in one night, day in one in night. I just don't like situations where I'm locked in somewhere and I can't leave. I don't like that during the day where there aren't ghosts. I just don't want to be, you know what I mean? I don't want to be like in an MRI or locked in a haunted house. No, I um, I am claustrophobic as well. And then speaking of MRIs, I had a wreck a while back, and I had to have a couple of MRIs and CAT scans, and they wanted to do one on my neck, and I just couldn't do it. I jumped out. I'm like, I can't. Not there. I'm sorry. Like, I'd rather not even know. I don't care. Like, I cannot be stuck in this thing and not move. I I did the same. I'm with you on that one. Okay, so we're going to put you in, and everything's going to be okay. And if you, you feel uncomfortable, We'll pull you out, and then we can give you some Valium. So they put me in. I was in there for, like, one second. I said, could you just pull me out for a second? And they pulled me out, and I'm like, I'm never going back in there. <laughs> no, I – In there. Well, you know what it is. It's also the fear – and not to say that we're controlling, but you know, you like to have control of the situation. Do you know what I mean? The fact that you your guard is down, like in a sense, you can't do anything, you know. So that's also a fear. Yes. Hello? Yeah. 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 No, I get. Yeah. So how do you? Are you ever scared they're gonna? I mean, the cemeteries by you locked. Are you ever scared you're gonna get locked in somewhere? Um. No. <laughs> not really, because. Uh, Usually when we are going to go do this, we have, like, we've talked to people about it who work there or whatever. We're like, okay, well, I'm going to sleep here tonight. So, you know, it's it's set up where, you know, that's what we're going to do. So, you know, we have everything kind of worked out. Now, there's been places where we kind of maybe snuck into, uh, you know, and we had to maybe leave later because things happened. But, you know, that's a different story. For another day that I don't want to get in trouble about, but yeah. I mean, we've all had those experiences where uh, sometimes we paranormal investigate a little bit on the fly. I mean, that's no, absolutely, because it's not always it's not always planned out. I've had things where, like, you know, all of a sudden I happened to see something, and I really wasn't planning to like one for instance like and going back to the cemetery thing saying that you hardly ever feel spirits there well one time i had to uh because i also uh mess with movies i'm also an actress and i you know i um i do stuff like that and um we had uh, a friend of mine was doing a movie and the sound guy couldn't make it so they said do you want to come and you can help us with sound and i go okay you know I'll, you know i'll do you all a solid and help you so one of the scenes was at a cemetery. So I was like, okay. And we are like about two hours past Houston. 
it was so cold. This was a few years ago. Remember when it got in Texas when it got really cold and people's pipes messed up? This was about two, three years ago, if you guys remember that. Um, so it was yeah. freezing. And um, again, we're doing the as soon as I get to the cemetery, I kind of feel drawn to one side. But I'm like, whatever, let me just do what I got to do. When I was done, everyone's there eating Taco Bell at the cemetery, which I thought was hilarious, okay, on their break. Um, so I'm wandering around looking, and I go, why do I feel connected to this side? So unbeknownst to me, there was a cemetery within a cemetery, and that's where they had the babies, you know, the small children, which was really sad. You see all these graves with, you know, bears and toys. It's just really a sad feeling, you know, being there. But I was really drawn to one in particular, and I just felt like I had to go there. And, again, I still, you know, still say, uh, stand by the statement, like, you hardly ever see spirits there. But today was one of those days because I was really drawn to that one, and I looked down, and I, I happened to be, like, an aqua Pisces cusper, some people may say there's no cuspers, but whatever. Anyway, so I'm very connected. And I was like, why is this? And I have a point with that. I was like, why am I feel so connected? And I looked at his birthday, and the baby was a little boy, and he was an Aquarius. I'm like, oh, well, maybe that's why. And there was all these toys. Again, it was really cold. There's no wind. There's nothing. And I actually recorded this. And I was just kind of talking and embracing, you know, the spirit. And there's a little windmill. And I said, like, can you move the windmill for me? So he moved it for me twice. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to pull out my phone and see if I can get him to, you know, do it again on camera. And um, I asked him, can you please move it? I'm about to leave. But mind you, there's like, you know, grass, leaves on the floor. So if, some, if it would have been the air, you would have seen leaves move and everything else, right? Correct? Um, yes. Yes. He moved it for me twice. And I was like, I'm about to leave. And he actually moved it for me again. And it was a very sweet moment and then they called me I had to go and I didn't want to leave I felt like I was abandoning the the baby uh the little boy it was um so yeah like you said sometimes you do things that are on the fly that you were not expecting you weren't expect I wasn't expecting to connect anybody I was just going to do you know a job for somebody and then that's it you know um but yeah and I have the video about it uh, of it and I've shared it on my you know, my social medias and stuff, so you all can go watch it if you, if you choose to. But um, you're absolutely right on things happening on the fly sometimes. Yeah, and well, I think that's sort of like being a light worker, right? I mean, you're, you're sort of always on call, and you never know when yeah. you're going to be called something. And so you just kind of roll with it. You never know when, you know, spirit's going to say, guess what, there's a, there's a job for you here. So you just sort of live your life. And then sometimes you don't run into anything paranormal or any spiritual work, and then some days you do. Yeah, and sometimes you try to turn it off. Like, I know if I'm really busy um, and I feel something, I'm like, I just can't now. I just, I, I just can't right now. And sometimes they're persistent, and they won't leave you the heck alone until you communicate or at least acknowledge them. Very much like the movie Ghost. And it's funny because my mom used to say I was Will Be Goldberg when I was younger from the movie Ghost. I'm like, leave me alone, you know, kind of thing, which I love that movie. Right. Crazy. Right. Um, it was hilarious. But, yeah, sometimes you have some that just won't leave you alone until you've, you know, acknowledged them. And that's all they want most of the time. They want someone to acknowledge them. Or if they feel that you are someone who can't see them, they want to talk because no one else can see them. So, of course, they're going to jump at the chance to try to communicate with you. Some may want help. Some just want acknowledgement. Some want you to deliver a message. You know, it all varies. Yeah, yeah, it does. And, and you're kind of in service for whatever's needed, for the living or the dead. That's kind of how I feel. I mean, it's um, yeah. uh, 
on call, I like is the word I like to use because you just never know. You never know when you're going to mm-hmm. be called to do something. You have to just be open. And so that's some people will say to me, like my best friend says this to me all the time. You know, she's mm-hmm. like she's been in the, in the community for a long time, much longer than I have. And she's like, you need to just set office hours. And when it's not office hours, you just, I'm like, you know what? What does that even mean in our world, office hours? What if somebody needs help and it's 3 o'clock in the morning? Like if a client calls me in yeah. crisis at 3 o'clock in the morning and says, I have to book a session right now, I'm like, okay, I'm waking up and we're doing this. I don't, I don't yeah. think that our job is the kind of job where you set office hours. You can't. You can't turn it on and off. You, you're working. You're working for God, right? You gotta, whatever spirit calls. I always say in my interface services, um, when God speaks, the answer is yes, and the reason is because. So when you get a message, yeah. you got to go help somebody. You're not like, but I'm tired, or but I want to have brunch. You're like, all right, I'm getting my ass over there. Yeah. And sometimes it's that's how it is. You have to. <laughs> Like you said, you're basically on call. Yeah, and sometimes you're exhausted, and it's like you're like, I can't take another client, and then one calls, and you're like, okay, all right, one more, here we go, I can do this, I got this. I always think about the show Dirty Jobs. Have you ever watched that show on Discovery Channel? I think about there was a Dirty Jobs episode where the job was you had to uh, put on a dive suit and go all the way to the bottom of the Golden Gate Bridge and scrape the barnacles off it. So whenever I'm tired for, like, reading for people and doing, like, 10, 12 clients in a day, I always think that could be my job because, to me, that's, like, the worst claustrophobic job I can think of. And um, I'm like, oh, that could be my job. So I think I'm, like, living pretty large, and I should just shut up and, and, and work. Um, but it is draining, <laughs> right? So. What do you do to sort of recharge yourself when you feel drained? Because, you know, working with people, you expel a lot of energy healing people. People and and the dead as well, you know. Um, Because I also like taking clients to do mediumship work or if they want a a divination reading. I am a firm believer of spiritual cleansing baths. I absolutely love them. Even when you are not, you know, working per se, you know, just the energy around you can be kind of negative or you just feel like if you're very empathic, you just take on those energies as well. You know, even when you're not doing, you know, mediumship or you're not messing with clients or whatever. So even when you just have a bad day, I love taking a spiritual cleansing bath. And it literally, like, rejuvenates me. It makes me feel so much better as soon as I'm out. Um, So I'll get in there put a couple of things in there, and um, I'll soak in the tub for sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes longer, as much as I feel like I need it, and I feel much better. You know, of course, I, you know, do my little rituals and stuff like that, but but one thing I really love is my spiritual cleansing bath. Now, are there special things that you put in the bath? Is it always the same bath? Does it change depending on how you're feeling? Well, yeah, it depends on, well, it depends also on what you're trying to do. You know, you want like a love bath, you want like a money bath, you want to, you know, but I normally do like spiritual cleansing baths. And I love putting like bay leaves in there, kelp obstacles, there's uh, palo azul, which is not palo santo, it's palo azul, which is actually, you brew that into a tea, but you can also cut like a piece of it and 
put it in your tub to help absorb negative. I like putting a ginger or ginger root in there, like dried up ginger. Um, I love putting like lavender in there. The some crystals you cannot put in water, but the ones you can, I like putting some, you know, some like uh, smoky quartz in there and stuff like that. And kind of just you can even throw some sage in there as well. I love putting Florida water. There's also um, some other waters that we use, like um, Egyptian, uh, eight power Egyptian uh, um, cologne. So it's it's just like some Spanish products. I'm trying to remember how to say them in, in English. Um, so you can put those in there, and they really help you. Uh, make sure you're not allergic to any of these things before you get in there, and you, you will soak in there. I like to put some, I also make some oils, some spiritual oils, and I'll dab some of those in there as well. Yeah, I like, uh, I think lavender is, like, so rejuvenating. I think lavender is is really a light worker's best friend because, to me, it just kind of fills every negative space with a positive space. And no matter what I do, if I sage or if I use nakchampa or whatever it is that I'm doing, I usually follow everything up with lavender. And no matter what perfume cologne I wear in my real life, I always use a lavender body spray as a base, and then everything goes mm-hmm. on top of it. That's probably it, yeah. made lavender. I'm probably 37.5% lavender because um, yeah. there's just a, a healing nature to it. And cinnamon. I'll put cinnamon in a bath. Yes, and um, you know what? I, I like to burn cinnamon sticks also for prosperity. I like the smell of it. Um, so you can do that too. Again, the Palo Santo, if you want to burn some of that for, you know, clearing out energies. Of course, we all know about the sage. So those are things, some incense you can do, copal. That's great as well to help you clean out your home. Also, guys, make sure to yeah. open those windows whenever you are doing a cleansing because, you're going to do it for no reason if you don't have your windows open because we need to let all that negative energy out of your home. Or if you are someone who's cleansing someone's home, you can don't forget to do that too or have the door open. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, when, uh, yes, yeah, so when I moved to this house, so last summer I moved back to my childhood home, not the evil home in Baltimore, but the home we moved to when we moved to California. Um, I, my mom passed in 2016, and I just couldn't move into this house because it was too sad. And then COVID yeah. hit, and I wound up being down here because I grew up about an hour south of L.A., so I wound up being more here than at my L.A. house because my two best friends and their families are here, and I don't have family, so they're like my family. Mm, and COVID yeah. was the time you didn't see a lot of people. You just saw your intimate people. So um, I decided I was going to move into this place for a couple months and maybe fix it up and rent it. And when I got here, I realized, oh, my God, it has all my mother's energy, and I love it so much. Like today when I do your show, I will be sitting at her desk. That's where my camera is. And um, it's Mm -hmm. so nice to be here with her energy. But it's on an Indian burial ground. Most of the town I grew up in, Huntington Beach, which is Surf City, USA, most of it is Indian burial ground. I just found out a couple months ago that they call it Hauntington Beach, which I think is hysterical. So um, yeah, I had to, I'm like I got to ward this house because I had a I had a year old kitten, and I'm like there is no way that this is going to be an Indian burial ground playground, which it really was when I lived here as a kid. But also I had my mom here, so it was it wasn't me living here by myself. So yeah. I. My, my secret to keeping the, to warding a house and keeping the spirits away, salt lamps. I probably have four or five salt lamps in every room. Mm-hmm. People probably think 
the craziest salt lamp lady. Um, an absolute <laughs> crap load of selenite. I have selenite wands and selenite towers in every single room, and I have between one and two, sometimes three brooms in every room. And the protection of those three things has warded this house. I can feel they're in the peripheries, but they don't come in here. And um, yeah. it makes – I don't – you know what? I'll come investigate your house, but I don't want a lot of stuff in my own house. Are you like that too? Like what? How exactly? Do like, you I mean like spirits want, in the house? I don't want spirit invasions in my own house. Well, I, I collect – haunted dolls so i don't mind them as long as they're not going to do anything weird to me so we have an oh, understanding so i have a couple yeah, of haunted dolls yeah i'm sorry i didn't hear you what i have i have haunted dolls i never used to yeah. uh i used to i would never have a haunted doll and then i did a friend show with a haunted doll and then the next month three dolls adopted me so if you don't want oh, haunted dolls in your house don't go on a show and talk about haunted dolls <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, I don't mind as long as it's not going to hurt me. Like, I feel like if there's a right. spirit around, and I kind of have this conversation with, I'm like, like, don't mess with my sons, don't mess with me. I don't care. Be here. Do your own thing. I'll do my own thing. Cool. You know, sometimes there's hitchhikers. Sometimes, like, if you go to do an investigation, sometimes they'll bring something back with you, you know, which, you know, sometimes you're able to cleanse it out. Sometimes you're not. I've been lucky that I, I had brought something back a while back on one of my investigations. I can't even remember which one it was. And uh, things started moving around. Um, I have a little Radio Shack radio, yes, that old, uh, that I still use on investigations. And... Nice. It started going crazy by itself, nonstop, in the middle of the night, during the day, all the time, and it started making weird voices coming out of it. So, yeah, and I started having, like, weird nightmares. And I was like, okay, this wasn't happening before, even though I already had – I'm like, you're new, you know? Like, you're not one of the regulars. There's something here. So, you know, exactly. I did some cleansing stuff, and then, you know, the spirit went away. But I've been lucky where I've never – gotten hurt, hurt. Um, there was only like maybe one incident where I did get choked, but this was at my house and I, it was an investigation. And there was another incident where I went to go do, uh, I was part of, uh, part of the world's largest ghost hunt. So I went to go do an investigation at, um, what is it called, Gonzalez County Jail. And um, we got there and they said, you only have like five minutes to look around tomorrow's event. We didn't know what time they closed or whatever. So I'm there with my phone recording. All this is recorded, by the way, too. And I knew, because I had talked to the people, that there was uh, other investigators, there was a padded room. So I was like, okay, when we do our thing, when we, we do our investigation, I want to do a seance in the padded room. So I'm looking for the padded room, hoping I can connect. And you hear me on camera going to the first room. I'm like, I didn't feel anything in this one. The second room, I go, I felt hands automatically on me, not to hurt me, but like, you know, getting my attention. And I'm still looking for the padded yeah. room. There's no padded room. Well, unbeknownst to me, that was the padded room. It was just it had, oh. it was metal wall. So the padding was taken out. So I'm literally looking for, a, you know, a padded room. That was, it was just the metal walls. So 
you hear me saying that, right? And then the next morning, I'm getting ready to do our event, so I'm taking a shower, and I see these huge fingerprints, bruises on my arm where they had touched me. And, you know, of course, I took pictures and video and everything like that. And I was like, what happened? And I remembered. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got touched in that room. And then when I got there, they told me, yeah, that's the padded room. And I was like, oh, okay, well, then that makes sense. But it wasn't trying to hurt me. It was just, you know, wanting my attention. And, uh, you know, sometimes that happens. Right. They also really, I've, they really like touching my legs. I've had one where they kept pulling down my pantyhose, and that's on video too. So it just depends, you know, what kind of spirits around you or whatever. But I've, I've been lucky that, you know, on an investigation, I haven't been hurt. As far as the one where I got choked, um, I kept getting nightmares um, while I was sleeping. And this was at my house. I wasn't doing anything, investigating or anything. And um, past few nights, I would wake up, like, kind of coughing, like, like if I'm choking. And I felt something choking me. And I was like, okay, it's just a dream, I guess, whatever, but that's pretty coincidental. So I hadn't noticed anything. One of the days passes, I, you know, sit in my mirror trying to put makeup on. And I noticed a thumbprint on my throat, and then you see the other finger, like if it was choking me. And here's the funny thing. It looked like old hickeys. And no, it wasn't a hickey. It looked like, you know, faded kind of bruised thing. And I was like, what? So this has been happening. I just hadn't even noticed. And I have pictures of that, too. And I did a little cleansing, and then that didn't happen anymore. But those were the only times that something kind of weird happened like that where there was um, I kind of got hurt or whatever, but it was nothing too, too serious. But um, some people I know have gotten hurt on investigations. I've been lucky, knock on wood. Nothing horrible has happened to me yet. Uh, But I go in respecting the spirits. I'm not there, like, yelling at them, cussing them out, demanding evidence. You know, I I just go in there and say, hey, guys, I'm Moon Girl. I just want to connect with you guys. Feel free to talk to me. Feel free to tell me, you know, your truth and stuff like that, which when we do go to jails, you know, the inmates like to talk. They've told us, you know, stuff like, yeah, you know, the sheriff wasn't nice. They did this and this to us. They... There was some people they kind of, you know, hurt or whatever. So I, I go there respectfully, and they've been respectful to me back. So um, that's kind of how I go about when I do investigations. Yeah, I think that's so important. I mean, why would you want to just start screaming at someone you didn't know? Or, you know, why would you do that? It just doesn't make any well, they want to get evidence. They want to catch evidence. But I feel like there's a nicer way to go about that. But to each his own. You know, I'm not criticizing other investigators or mediums. But, you know, I know this works for me. And it's the same thing. You wouldn't like someone to go to your house and start yelling at you, hey, da-da. you'd be like, the heck, get the heck out of my house. You know, how rude. You're coming to my house and you're yelling and, you know, disrespecting me. That's the same thing. Yeah. And that's exactly I, I, how I feel. <laughs> and then and yeah. then they hurt you and you're wondering why. <laughs> exactly, right. And then right, and then you wonder why. That's what I always say in the when I talk to other investigators and do when I interview them, if you walk into a place and you say, you know, who wants to fight? The spirit that's going to come out to fight you is going to be the aggressive spirit. And then you start yeah. crying like a little bitch somebody scratched you. Well, what do you Exactly. Go out and if you're in a bar of living people and you say who wants to fight, 
the nice people aren't going to run up and punch you in the nose. You're going to get some idiot who loves to fight in bars is going to run up and punch you in the nose. So why are you trying to bring the negativity out and then running away crying because you went to a place and there was negative activity? I mean, exactly. but sometimes, right, there are the times, Sarah, where just because you're there bringing the light, a darker spirit oh, yeah. is not an attack. Yeah, for and sure. So, that can happen if I it's mean, a spirit that's also, you know, not a very nice spirit or if it's something kind of, you know, maybe a little bit darker. You know, that doesn't want people to know it's there or whatever. Absolutely. I've just been lucky that it hasn't happened to me, you know. Um, and I have encountered scary things, but I've, I've never gotten hurt like that. And you're absolutely right. Sometimes just knowing that you're there and that you can see them and you can, in a, in a way, like you know the truth of its existence, you know the truth of its being, yeah, they can find you threatening and want to kind of hurt you. Yeah, yeah, and that's, um, you have to be so careful, and you have to protect yourself in so many ways. So let me ask you something, because when you were talking earlier about the, um, that you have the old radio shack, do you have like a shack hack ghost box? Um, no, it's like a little radio, but we it's kind of rigged where it, it kind of shoots kind of white noise, and honestly, I don't even care much about equipment like I, I of course I use it full disclosure I use equipment I'm going to continue to use equipment but I like going in as a medium more so but I totally understand how other people want the equipment they want to see the lights because I can tell you till I'm blue sure. in the face yes there's a ghost there but other people are like well you can just be talking out of your ass you know we want evidence so you know the, the uh, equipment's good, so you can be like, look, you see, a little light went off, just as I said. But, you know, I don't feel like I need the equipment, but I know why people want it. You know what I'm trying to say? Um, so we'll do that, or we'll do, like, voice boxes, or, you know, we'll do, of course, um, um, what's it called, like apps and stuff. I don't fully trust apps. I'm being real with you, but have I used them? Yeah. Full disclosure? Absolutely. Am I going to continue using them? Absolutely. Do I fully trust them? No. <laughs> but I have gotten right. some pretty cool stuff off of it. I have had them say Moon Girl and other, other you know, stuff, and I've had, had yeah. them talking in different languages, and I had no idea that, you know, because I, I don't like doing research on a place I'm going to investigate. I love history. I love research. But me personally, like, I don't want to do research on a place I'm going to investigate till afterwards because I want to go there like feeling everything organically. I don't want someone already telling me, oh, someone died here. So automatically, you know, people are going to be like, oh, there's a ghost there. No, I want to feel it organically. Okay, this is how you separate the real from the fake. You don't do histrionic till afterwards, for me at least, my, my way of thinking, for me, what works for me at least. Because I don't want someone else's perception, like, you know, messing with mine. What I, and sometimes history can be wrong. Other times you think, oh, someone died here. Actually, they died over there. Or actually, I feel something here instead. So I like to do that. And then afterwards, I'll put the puzzle together and be like, oh, okay, well, then that makes sense. Or I'll ask somebody this makes sense or whatever. Uh, but that's how I like going about things. Again, we all do it different ways. And no way is right and no way is wrong, but that's how I like to do it. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't mind the equipment. I think it's fun. I would rather somebody else yeah, run the is. equipment and tap in. 
I'm not great with technology. I'm going to be real with you. <laughs> but, I, you know, of course, we do use it. And, and like I said, I picked up going back to the equipment stuff. There's places where I've gone, and I didn't know the history of it. And I sometimes I went like a day late because if I had a prior engagement or something. Um, and there was one time, well, it was a few times actually, where um, I kept hearing voices, but I couldn't tell what it was. It wasn't English. You know, it definitely wasn't Spanish. And I was like, well, this kind of sounds, it sounds German. It kind of sounds German. And unbeknownst to me, they're like, yeah, well, the original owners, when they got here, they were German. I'm like, oh, okay, well, then that makes sense. So you do get some things, you know. Okay, that's cool. Again, I don't fully trust apps, but I'm going to keep using them because, you know, sometimes you do get some pretty cool stuff off of that. No, I agree. Yeah, so when I use the term shack hack, do you not know that term? No, I don't think so. Okay, so the first ghost boxes were made just the way you were made. Somebody would go get a Radio Shack radio back in the day when Radio Shack existed, and they would rig it so it would scan up and down the dial all the time, and they called it in the community a Shack Hack. And they're, like, really, like, Uh, rare to have now. Like, they're like a collector's item. uh, We call it something else. Um, (laughs) We call it something else where I'm from. So, okay, I get what you're saying. I don't know if I can. I'm not going to say it. Okay, you can totally say it. I don't. You can say anything you want. No. Now, now I'm, I'm not going to say. We call it something else. But anyways, um, I I see what you're saying now. But you know, but I I love doing investigations. They're fun. A part of the '50s, like that's cool to have one of those. That's really awesome because there's no more Radio Shack, and you're never going to no, get one of those. No, I'll send you a like, picture of mine. I'll send you a picture of mine. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I would love that. I should look yeah. on some of the, well, like, speak, Speaking of equipment, away an old- we, we turn I – I have a haunted geisha, and um, it actually has real hair. Like, a part of it has real hair oh. in it. Oh, oh. oh so Some of it is scary. not hair. Some of it is, like, fake hair. You know, obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a doll. But then the part of it has real hair in it. So we're uh, – thinking that's what it is. Um, it's not supposed to move. I've seen the hand move. Um, and it gave us a lot of uh, weird feelings. And um, we even we even got scared of it. We put it in the Russian for a while, like underneath the sink. Like the sink was not um, – it didn't have like a, a place where you can put things underneath, you know, a cabinet. So it was free. So we put the box there. It's in a glass box. And we ended up turning that into a K2 meter. Um, and it does go off. And here's the dilemma with that. Okay, one, we already know the geisha is haunted. So when it goes off, is it the geisha or is it another spirit? But it's still a right. cool idea. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, well, you know, now we're kind of in a dilemma. Is it the geisha? Is it a ghost? Another ghost? <laughs> what is it? I'm like, fuck right. it, you know, whatever. <laughs> But it's really cute, and I will send you a picture of that as well. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, all the good stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, the dolls are amazing, right? Because sometimes it's just what's in the doll, but they do also let other spirits come through sometimes. Well, yes, and also you have to take into consideration. They're not all – well, one – Anything could get haunted. It doesn't have to be a doll. All of a sudden, it was a big wave of just dolls are haunted. You know, anything could be haunted. But there's a difference between something being haunted and an imprint. And I could see how people would get those confused. 
okay? So a haunted object is obviously something that, you know, a spirit is making it move or it's in it, whatever you want to say. An imprint, everything leaves an imprint. So the way I will um, articulate this is, say, for instance, there's a little girl. She has a, a toy, a teddy bear, right? And maybe she does not live in the best home. Maybe the parents are very mean or, you know, abusive to her, whatever. They they take that toy and they're like, oh, we're just going to, you know, uh, put it in a garage sale. Somebody buys it. You buy it. Then all of a sudden your house kind of, you, you start getting sick. Your animals start getting sick. Um, things start messing around and moving around your house. Just negative energies, like one thing after another. Now, the little girl didn't die, right? She's still alive. But all this stuff right. started happening when you brought that there. So that's an imprint. All that negative energy, you know, penetrated this toy, and now you have it in your right. house. It, that's not haunted, but it's imprinted with negative, nasty energy. See the difference? Yes. And, and some people sometimes yes. get that confused. And, again, I, it's understandable. I understand why people would get that confused. But, yeah, that also happens as well. Yeah. I have this um... – at my other house. I haven't brought it down here yet. I'm not sure if I want to because of the Indian burial ground. Although I do see shadow figures at the other house, so maybe that's not any better. Um, my <laughs> grandmother went to Hawaii in like the 1920s, and she brought back a piece of Kona wood driftwood, and they polished a part of it and carved a face into it. Uh-huh. And my mom, I think, I don't know if she got it as a gift or she got it when my grandma died. Like I don't remember it was always sitting on um, on a chest in the hall, and it was right inside the front door in this house all the while that I lived here. And one day my mom said, do you want this horrible thing from Hawaii? And I'm like, Grandma's Kona wood? Because I love Kona wood. And I'm like, yeah, 100%. And she's like, uh, oh, okay. Because I just suddenly decided I can't have this in the house anymore. And I'm like, um, okay. So I took it up. Of my house up north, and I never have had a problem with it, but I do feel it's active, and it's not that it has a spirit in it, but it's just like you said, Sarah, it has some kind of energy in it, some of that Hawaiian energy. Yeah. But I don't know if it's put in it, or it just had it, or what the history of that wood was before that artist got exactly. it, or what the history of that artist was, or what my grandmother put in it, but it definitely <laughs> has a lot of activity. Energy, Yeah. So um, I love it, but it's funny because this house, I feel so kind of precious about it because it's, uh, you know, it's under an Indian burial ground, right? I mean, it's it's below sea level, so it's on an Indian burial ground, but it's technically on water. It's below sea level. Like my dirt here is sand, and my backyard is nothing but a pool. It's like haunted, haunted, haunted. Um, there's certain things that I'm not going to bring down here. They're going to stay at the other place. Because I don't want to, like, put a big y'all come sign out for everything. You know, you have to be careful, I think, what you invite in to certain places if you're trying to ward them and keep them, you know, spirit-free and darkness-free and, um, you know. And mostly just because I don't want it to be a scary place for the cat. I don't want to live in a scary place, and I don't want him subjected to something icky although i honestly think he keeps a lot of it away i think he's yeah i think i think i'm taking care of him and he thinks he's taking care of me and he's probably more right than me well i i have a chihuahua and um he's almost one he'll be one in november and 
I thought about that too. I'm like, ha, ah, because sometimes we leave, you know, a few hours or something. He's here alone. I'm like, yeah. I hope the dolls don't bother him. There's one that he hates and he is terrified. Ever since we first brought him, he was just really scared of this one doll. He hates it. He would just be barking and barking and barking at it all the time. And I'm like, oh God, I hope they don't bother him or something like that. But he's 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 made it known that he hates that one. <laughs> so yeah, I'm thinking about maybe getting rid of it just because I want my 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 little baby to be okay and feel <laughs> safe. So we yeah. do have. No, I don't blame you. I would do the same if there well. was something. Yeah, if there was something Cullen hated, I would do the same thing. It would be the same thing. Uh, Cullen may make an appearance on your show today. I'm just giving you a warning. Completely oh, out okay. of time. Uh, where can people find you online, my friend? Um, you can find me on TikTok, Moon Girl, Mistress of the Paranormal. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's either Moon Girl, Tarot More, or Mistress of the Paranormal. You can find me on YouTube, Moon Girl. You can find me on Clapper, Moon Girl Paranormal. You can find me on Facebook, Moon Girl Mrs. of the Paranormal. I also teach classes, divination classes in University Magicus. I am also part of a paranormal uh, girl group that is going to be featured on Paraflix, Ghost Hunter Girls. I also have my podcast with my beautiful friend Glenda, uh, The Paranormal Dolls, which will be on right now. And yeah, um, I right also asked, and when I get a chance, I produce too. That's fantastic. Awesome. And will you come back and do this again? I'd love it. Yeah, I'd love to do you a face reading. We can get into that. I gave one to Glenda, so we'll, you know, we'll do a face reading for yeah. you next or something like that. I love that. That would be fun. All right. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. I so appreciate you. And uh, Sarah you. Garcia, Moon Girl, Mistress of the Paranormal, what a joy to have you here. And uh, I can't wait to have you back, time. and I can't wait to do your show in literally seconds. If you missed the link for today's show uh, or for any of Sarah's links, you can go to SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. Also, you can find me um, at um, everywhere on social media at SheenaMetal. And, we're of course, we're at LiveParanormal.com, iHeartRadio.com, and at all our affiliates. And until I see you next time, my friends, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always work to raise your vibration, and know that you are love. And you are loved, and you are always loved by me. I'm Sheena Metal. This is Haunted Playground. Thank you so much to Sarah, and thanks to Live Paranormal Radio Network and iHeartRadio.com, and I'll see you next week. With the Lucky Land Slot, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 